Welcome to the Podskiwiwi post-games instant reaction show. And yes, this might be the end. Uh, the Ticats lose to the Alouettes in dramatic fashion, 29-28. to 28. They dropped a 3-7 and seven on the season. Josh, what a, what a game this was. Uh, another blown victory for the Ticats. Mistakes, man. Too many mistakes. That, that last, what, six or seven minutes... There's botched snaps, there's drop passes, there's poor defense, there's just everything that, that could go wrong for that team. Even when they got a gift, and maybe maybe gift's not the right word, but to set up that, that leading field goal with 30 seconds left, that horse collar tackle was kind of weak. I'm sure we'll get into officiating in this game because it was absolutely atrocious, in my opinion, for both sides. Of, uh, both teams got got hosed in this one when it came to some call. Just too, too many mistakes. They made too many mistakes, and when you're not that good, you can't overcome those types of errors, and they didn't overcome them tonight. No, and I think we got to get into the, the defense. Uh, once again, they can't make stops late in the game when it really matters. Uh, you know, it seemed to me like they just kind of dropped back and let the Alouettes march, you know, 36 yards in the field goal range. It was uh, familiar, you know, just it, it keeps happening with this Mark Washington defense. And I'm, I'm getting sick of it. The last two drives, the touchdown drive and the field goal drive, like they're playing so far off the ball. And this is something that maybe we don't understand because we're not in the meetings and we're not we're not players or what have you. And I'm sure that that's what would be what would be said. But I, I don't understand watching these games why defensive backs are 10, 12 yards off off the, the ball. Like, Montreal used the short, quick passing game in this one almost exclusively. There were, like, obviously the t- touchdown pass took the lead late for them was a deep pass. But most of their passes were between zero and 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. It was, it was, a, that was their, their way of negating sort of Hamilton's pass rush. Anytime hold the ball for a little bit longer it didn't usually go very well and yet they kicked the field what was it 37 seconds left after they took a two-point lead and uh, yep Al's had the ball at like the 30 it's, it's not even the 35 yard line and they just they give up yards and it, I think it was Eugene Lewis made a nice catch and run but like it's it's become it's this team is what it is like Everyone wants to say, fans of the team want to say, like, hey, you know, oh, as soon as they get this or as soon as they get that, this this is who they are. They're they're probably going to finish second or third in the division. Whether they make the playoffs or not, it'll all be up to more than likely their last game they play against Montreal later in the season. They can't win on the road to save their lives. So, I mean, that this, it, we're not you're not going to see any changes. It's not. This has been the the DNA of this defense all year. They play great until they don't. And another mm-hmm. collapse in in the second half, another collapse in the fourth quarter and like you said they're 3 and 7 now and that's that seems about right for how this team has played this year. Yeah, and I I've been one of those fans who are like just waiting for this team to have that perfect game, you know, that breakout game and turn things around and you know, we we almost snuck out of Montreal with a win, but you know, they, they, they find a way to lose again. So they're three and seven, and I, I'm not one of those fans anymore. I think I've 
given into the fact that this is just not a very good football team uh, with not very good football coaches right now. Like I know Steinhauer is a good coach, but some of the decisions he's made this season and even last season, even like since he's been here, his record shows that he, he's been a great coach here, but there has been some questionable decisions over the years. And tonight was no different. I mean, I've been harping on him to gamble more often, but he's gambling in these weird situations like third and six in the first quarter, like you gamble. And then there was a, I think later in the game, they were, they were uh, within the 10 yard line of Montreal and it was third and one or third and short and they didn't go for it. So I'm not sure what he's thinking on some of these, these decisions to go for it or not go for it. I, I like the gamble early. Uh, I'm of I'm of the I've come around to this opinion, and I'm I've kind of been working on it a little bit in my head that if if it's early in the game and you're inside their ten yard line, just go for it because what we saw happen there was they went for it they didn't get it Montreal goes two and out because the defense is actually pretty deep was I mean it was first quarter so the defense played really well and then they get the ball they go down the field and score a touchdown I think you do more. Because they kick a field goal there, sure, people are going to say, oh, they lost by one. If they would have had that three there, they would have won. I, I don't like that mode of thinking because I, you you change that part of the game. Montreal then gets the ball at the 40. Like, it's a completely different ball game. To me, I, I like that call. The one – there was one later in – I think it was – I think you're right. I think it was like a third and one, third and two. But it was late in the half, and I think that at that point, the chances of Montreal driving even from the 40, I think they, they ran one play and then took a knee. I think in that situation, you take the point. Like, I think it's situational dependent. I did not have a problem with with the decisions when and where to go for it in this one. If I know other people will. I know people are going to say you take the points when you get down that low. But I, I think in, in, that, in, that, in that situation, that early in the game, I was I, you, you can check my Twitter timeline. I even, I even tweeted out, like, I like this call. And, I, and I'm going to stand by it. Even though it didn't work out, I, I'm, I'm standing by that call being a good one. And there have been some questionable decisions he – there was, uh, again, I, I don't know what the reasoning for it was, but on the, on the one they went for it, he throws it to Sean Thomas Erlington, and Erlington's bumped, clearly, before the ball gets there. Now, he wasn't really looking at the ball, so maybe that's sort of the, just like, what? but why wouldn't you challenge that play? It's in the end zone, you know what I mean? Then he challenges, I mean, the challenge for the pass interference late was, that was looking for a flag. Like, yeah. it was almost one of those ones where it's like, I'm going to challenge simply because if I don't use it now, I'm not going to use it. And if it gets overturned, great. If it doesn't, well, whatever. But I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. My my problem with this one is much more defensively. They they didn't come through, and just all of the you have you have a, a high snap. Like you can't. Ha- I don't. I don't care if he's the backup center. You can't have that happen in a situation like that. Those are the things that I'm more focused on as the reason why they lost this game. Less so on the the head coach's decisions on a couple of questionable to some not so questionable to others decisions he made. Fair enough. Uh, do you, I saw most of the first half. Uh, did Fontana start this game? Did he get injured? Yep. Why would, would Manzi in there? Well, I, I think Fontana got hurt. The problem was is even the guys on TSN didn't know because right. they said like when the bad snap happened, they mentioned Fontana yeah. and then – he was like, oh wait, it would Manzi? I guess Fontana's out. Like that's that's part of my problem too with with sort of the coverage TSN gives to the league. Like 
if the starting center goes out, that's something that we should know. That's something that we should communicate it right away. There's a bevy of flags after a play that they they cut to commercial and never came back to, never told us what happened. Like, there's too much non-information that we're getting that makes it hard to to know. Like, why was? Because I remember I saw Gibbon in there on one. I, it was, I might have been that series. I was like, oh, seven, 67's in the game. That's weird. I wonder if Woodmansey got hurt. And I'm looking, I go, no, he's there. Oh, so Fontana got hurt. Why is that stuff not like just because the injury wasn't like Tyson Philpot or yeah, I think it's Tyson Philpot's the one that plays for Montreal. I can never get those. I never remember which one of this, but he, he gets hurt in the game. So obviously that goes up. Lawrence Woods's injury happens. It's, it's very obvious. Jake Burt, same thing. Uh, we need to know this information. Like, cause it, that, like they're on the broadcast blaming the wrong player. He's not even out there. We have no idea when he went out. Like I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the game to see the series that would Manzi comes in for center. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. They, they should be on top of that uh, kind of stuff to let's, you know, the, the Ticat fans want to know. I mean, any CFL fan wants to know with their team, what's going on, who's injured and, uh, and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, the, the penalties t- tonight were, were pretty bad for the Ticats and the Alouettes, but you know, we're not an Alouette podcast. So, um, you know, und- undisciplined tonight, which was uh, usually isn't the case with the Ticats this year. Well, I think a lot of the penalties have to do with Al Bradbury being the ref. His crew notoriously has the, throws the most flags. Some of them were so ticky-tack. Like, all those pass interference calls tonight, I'm not sure any of them warranted flags. I don't think the one on Adele Kay on Montreal's first series warranted a flag. I don't think the one that got the Ticats one of their touchdowns warranted a flag. Like, a lot of this is... Yeah, there was there were a lot. There were like two or three after the play misconduct penalties. There were a couple of like fifteen yard no yards. Like I'm gonna have to go because the Lawrence Woods one where he where he picked up the fumble. He I didn't, think, I didn't he think, was, think that was no yards. I didn't think he was within five yards of that. I didn't but. think he was either. But I mean, they would have challenged because at yeah. that point he still had to challenge. That's one of those ones you definitely challenge if you have if you definitely believe he wasn't within the five yards. But like there was just there was a lot of. It wasn't that to me. I, I don't. I, I think this is going to be an aberration for penalties. I think you'll you'll see them come down. I don't. I think this has all to do with Al Bradbury and his crew tends to be very flag happy, and we saw that there was over three hundred yards in penalties in this one, and I'd say you know probably seventy five percent of them were definitely deserved. Like the roughing the kicker ones in particular in Montreal for sure. No yards is pretty easy to catch, but some of the like questionable ones like the. Like that horse collar flag on Schiltz was. Yeah, that was bad. I think you like, make I mean, it. I know like, that the, within the rule, that's probably the rule. Right. I, I think there was a horse collar last night in the BC game. That was the same thing where I'm just like, God, that's not. Like, how do you call it a horse collar tackle if the guy doesn't get tackled for crying out loud? And I know that that's, yeah. that's semantics, but at the same time, like, it's to me like that at this point, like with the roughing the passer calls last week, just put flags on the guys. If that's what we're going to be calling penalties, like. Let's just make quarterbacks flag football. Can't touch them, can't hit them, and 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 be done with it because it's 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 getting ludicrous with some of the flags that quarterbacks get nowadays. Oh yeah, and it's happening at every level of football too. It's not it's not just the CFL. You know, you see these crazy calls in the NFL. Yeah, for uh, sure. The passer and all that. So it's just the way. You know, I agree with you. I think it's ridiculous some of these roughing the passer calls, but that's just something we're going to have to deal with in in all levels of football. I think going forward but you know not much positivity uh about this one even though it was a close game um what do you think of schultz's performance tonight 
He was he was fine. Yeah. He, like he he aside from really the one big play to Tim White. Tim White to me was player of the game. He was excellent yeah. today. Um, but the the he, he was okay. I mean, he looked more in command of the offense than we've seen from most from most of the quarterbacks we've seen this year. Like I think he this was probably the best quarterbacking performance we've seen for a full game from any Ticats quarterback. But like I if, if we're going to start a quarterback controversy, like I don't really think that exists. Although do you do you not find it weird and again, I'm just kind of spitballing here. Evans was healthy enough to dress but not healthy enough to start. That feels weird to me. Does it not feel weird to you? Yeah, I mean like there's no way he would have got in that game. Like even it well, like unless the second string quarterback gets injured cuz he was the third string tonight, right? Yeah, so, but that's you said like uh, what if what if Jones got hurt and Newman got hurt and he had to play? Yeah. So I, I don't get it either. Um just just a really draining season this been this has been so far this 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 year. It's uh it's been tough to be a Tiger fan watching some of these games, but you you know you touched on Tim White He's really had a bounce back couple, you know, last couple games, hasn't he? Yeah, he was he was really good last week, but I thought he was even better this week. The touchdown, the first touchdown, I should say, where he fights for the glory, I thought was tremendous. He he was he was clearly Schultz's number one target tonight. Stephen Dunbar had a bit of an off night. That drop pass, another mistake on second down late in the game that could have really helped with taking time off the clock. That I think they were they were still up by six at that point. That could have really changed the game in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, Tim White. I, we've been waiting for him to kind of show that twenty twenty one Tim White. And I think today we saw the closest we've seen all year. He was he was making guys miss. He was he was catching passes in the open field and and, and picking up extra yards. He he was excellent today. You know, if we don't give up that rouge, we might be you know, going into overtime in this game. And I, I don't, obviously the Rouge isn't the reason why we lost this game, but I just want to say, I hate the Rouge. I just hate it. Like the guy kicks it two yards into the end zone. He gets a point and they end up winning. Like, I just wish they'd get rid of the fucking Rouge. But um, to be fair, to be fair, Seth Small missed a field goal. They got a Rouge on that too. So if you take away all the Rouge in this game, they still lose by one. Fair enough. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the defense at all? Like we basically touched on the, the collapse of this terrible, you know, it's not even a good defense, really. What does it matter if they can't, you know, make a stop when it when it actually counts, right? So it, I'm not calling this a good defense anymore. They're they're not coached well. Um, this is a bad team all around, and it's just, you know, we're three and seven. We're still nine, but we're not winning anything this year. We're not getting to the Grey Cup. It's just uh, we don't have the coaches in place. We don't have the players in place. Um, this team sucks. The problem is consistency, and that's the, but that's why they're three and seven. They're not consistent. They're not consistent drive to drive. They're not consistent within a game. They're not consistent game to game. A week ago, they looked like okay, they're going to turn the corner, and then this game they looked pretty good for most stretches of the game. But like you said, when it kind of matters most, they collapse, and it's 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 a very frustrating. It, it's been a very frustrating thing to watch all year because, like, I thought that they were maybe player-wise, more talented than they actually are. I'm starting to... I've come around recently on their offensive weapons aren't as great as I think we think they are, or at least we thought they were going into the season. They yeah. still have no running game of which to speak. They, The quarterbacking position has been... I think it's been better, and I, and I don't put this all on Schultz. I think Evans has been better as the season has progressed. We've seen... The big thing that we were talking about earlier in the season was, was turnovers. 
those have been cut down drastically. I was I was thinking Schultz was going to throw some type of interception today. He did not. The only turnover they had was the turnover on down. So, like, they're cutting down on the turnovers, and you would think, pardon me, by doing that, the wins would start to follow, and they just haven't. And there's just been th- – this team – and I don't want to say the team's broken because I don't think that's the case, but they're, they're, not, they're not good. They're not good. They're three and seven, and they deserve to be three and seven. And I think we just have to accept that. Like you said, they're not. I, I don't see this team going on some sort of run to get even get back to the Great Cup, let alone win it. So, I mean, let's just uh, let's just. Uh, I don't say move on to next year because there's still eight games left, and anything can happen. It's the CFL, but uh, the the idea that this team's going to go to a third straight Great Cup, I think, is if you're if you're thinking that, God bless you. But that's wishful thinking on my part. All right. Uh, the first one comes from FM Fan. That choice to go for it on third down in first quarter instead of kicking the field goal cost us the game. I don't agree with that. Like I, well, you know what? You know what I didn't like when they got the horse collar tackle. They they the next two offensive plays were so conservative. Like I know yeah, they, they wanted to run clock off, but my God, like you run up, you run one, and then you throw a really short pass. It's just those are the things that I think hurt more than. Then uh, any any sort because again there's a million things that happen in a game they all lead to a loss it's it's silly to pinpoint one thing but I think I would have liked them to be a little more aggressive late in the game they set up a 51 yard field goal like that's not exactly oh you're definitely gonna make that one no. and that's that's what they chose like it, it's little things like 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 when you mentioned like questioning coaching decisions that's one of the ones I question I don't like decisions kicking field goals going for it like. Things early in the game, like, yeah, they have an impact. But I think late game is where we saw this team make too many mistakes and kind of crumble. I just think that third and six with your backup quarterback and the play that they called is like a a deep pass to the end zone in the back of the end zone to your running back. And he's double cut. Like, I know that, you know, you call the play, you don't expect him to be double covered. And then maybe that's on Schultz to throw in a double coverage. But like, I don't know. I I question that decision big time. It's like you never go for it, not like ever, on third and short, and then you go for it on third and six. Like I, I just don't get it. But um, the next one comes from Corey Allen. Uh, Things in life that are guaranteed: death, taxes, poor coaching choices. As soon as we didn't convert convert early in the game, as opposed to getting the field goal, I knew we lo- we'd lose because of that. That's that's play, bullshit. I, I, I like, play the lottery. That's what, what's better, three points or no points? No, but here's what I'm saying: they they don't get a touchdown on a drive seven minutes into the game, and you're like, oh, did you watch the rest of the game? Because if you knew they were going to lose, why the hell would you watch it? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I can't, but I can't disagree with that. To, but but to, you, but to your point, what's better, three points or zero points? Well, the Owls didn't get any points on theirs either, and then the Ticats scored. So, it, and here's the thing: you give you kick the field goal there from the six, you're giving them the ball at the forty. What changes the game there? That's where I'm like, I do. I completely agree with going for it there. I don't think you can convince me otherwise. All right. Fair enough. We'll just have to disagree on that one. Uh, Claudio, our, our buddy Claudio. Uh, why are we playing such, such soft zone? Montreal playing zone, but to the first down line. We, why are we 10 yards off and dropping? No wonder we can't hold the lead in the fourth quarter. Defensive play calling is straight trash. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. 100%. Hundred percent. That's the pro- that is more so than anything else. This team going into a prevent, like it's not as it, it would have been one thing if it was a four point lead, 
and the Owls had to score a touchdown, and you play that with 37 seconds left, totally for it. Because the chance of them driving 80 yards, 75 yards to get a touchdown, probably not very high. But with, when you're nursing a two-point lead, you got to be more aggressive than that. And if you get burnt, you get burnt. I'd rather them lose by getting burnt by being too aggressive than lose by being too passive. And th- this year, in these situations, they've been way too friggin' passive. Uh, Jeffrey Pedler, frustrated. Good to see Burt make a catch, though. Yeah, unfortunately, he had that injury, though, afterwards, so that's not good. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're looking for silver linings, there's that. We got one from a real knuckle beak. Uh, Jake Grimond, you know, this, you know, this guy, Jake Grimond, uh, uh, yeah, 32. Well, what's he saying? Okay, here, here we go. Here's a good one, though. Nobody messaged this guy back. He only likes positive things. You can't be negative. Here, I'll start. I think this team is so good. I think we're winning the Grey Cup. You got Shut it. Shut up, Jake. You're such an idiot, Jake. Like, Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> just like, if this was like a one-off comment from Jake, yeah, like, that's fine. But w- w- I've seen so many idiotic tweets from this guy. Um, I, you know, I don't feel it's bad totally, going in on here, Here's the thing. Say what you want about what you and I say. And evidence changes opinions on stuff before the year. I mean, before the year, I had Ottawa winning the East. And that's not going to happen. And and I and if someone asked me today, do you still have Ottawa winning the East? Absolutely not. But be totally like, what has this guy? This guy's the same guy who three weeks ago was calling this team garbage, and that they'll finish last and they probably won't win four games. And all of a sudden, they're like, I, I just I don't and like. I don't understand like the positivity thing. Like we're, I, I feel that we call it as as it is. You know what I mean? Like if the team's shit, we'll say that like we are tonight. Yeah. So I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, and I, you got, to be honest with you, I don't think – like, I think you're a little down, more down on the team than I am. Like, I don't think that they're garbage. I just don't think they're good enough. Like, to me, they're they're in that tier – similar to Montreal, where they're just – maybe yeah. they'll beat a team like Montreal. Maybe they'll <laughs> beat it. They're not competing with the top teams in the league, and the only thing keeping them alive is the fact that none of the top teams reside in their division. You know what I yep. mean? Like – could they beat a Saskatchewan? Maybe. Could they beat Toronto? We saw it last week. We've seen them beat Montreal. We've seen them beat – like, they'll beat or stay with the bad teams or the other mediocre teams, but they're not good enough to beat the good teams. And you're going to have to beat a good – because either BC or Winnipeg, maybe Calgary, are getting to the Grey Cup. And those are some – those first two especially are really good teams. Calgary's a decent enough team that I think if they get to a championship game against one of these awful East teams, they'll beat them. But – it's not it's not that they're outright crap. They're just so mediocre. Like it's almost worse. I'd rather if they're gonna if you're gonna be bad, just be bad. Like just be historically awful. And then we can just like not stop caring almost. But they're they give us these things. Like tonight's game, I wouldn't say it was a classic. People would be like, oh look at ending, look at one score game and it came, you know, the TFL tweet out stuff about, oh, you know, down to the last came to down in the last three minutes and it was such an it it, it was a okay finish it was a fun finish but it wasn't a great game for most of that game it was kind of dull to be honest with you but i just think that there's they give you that hope and it's, it's the same sort of the same thing with like the great cup two years ago three years ago with at halftime we had all come to the like oh they're gonna lose so we you know you can, if they come back and win great if they don't we kind of resigned ourselves to the fact last year they're up at halftime they got a big lead in the second half and it's like I think I came on the show and it was like, it's not so much they lost, but it was the hope that they gave you. Like, 
It's the hope that kills you. It's a line from Ted Lasso, which is a fantastic television show. But that's what it is. It's the hope that kills you. With this team, yeah, there's probably no real hope, but they do just enough in the game to make you believe that they're going to win, and then they just suck it out of you, and you're just back to exactly where you were before. Next one comes from Joe Stewart. Horrible in capital letters call, not giving up the safety. Up four, kicking off, forcing a TD, essentially settling for a field goal on last possession. Soft zone with 37 seconds left, and we let them easily move 36 yards. Shake my head, season done, lost all hope for this team. I don't think give, not giving up the safety was the problem because would that have made that much of a difference? Like, Montreal's still going to score. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think – pardon me, I'm pouring some water because my throat is bothering me, but uh, that's why we're live, pal, as Jim Ross once said. <laughs> I don't like when they give up safeties. I prefer them not to give up the safety. If I'm being perfectly honest, like unless you're literally punting from like two yards out of your, like, you know what I mean? Like you're punt, like you're snapping the ball to two, kick the damn ball, mm-hmm. make your defense play defense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't like, uh, I don't like giving up the safety and really I don't like giving up points. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one's from Ari Cates. Heartbreaking and Schultz is a gamer and played well. Uh, poor open field defensive tackling brought this loss. Critical drops by Tim White and by Dunbar, especially the Dunbar one that would have allowed Hamilton to keep the ball. Uh, Durant needs to be moved inside. That's another thing with this defense. The, the constant second and longs that they give up first downs on. <clears throat> yep. They did it on Montreal's <clears throat> pardon me. Montreal's First touchdown of the second half, they gave up two like second and tens to pick up first downs. It's like, and one was like a dump off pass to the running back that they had him. Kyle Wilson had him, and then Cariel Brooks took a bad angle. Like it's just things like that. It's it's these little these little mistakes that they make throughout the game that because if you if you tackle, I think it was Fletcher's his name, you tackle him for for five yards. The Owls are punting from their fifteen. Totally different ball game. Those are the things. Again, we're going to look at the big the big mistakes, but those littler mistakes where the defense is – and this has been a problem with this defense, Jesus Christ, going probably going back over a decade now. Like, it doesn't matter who coordinates this defense. They just seem to always give up these second alongs. <clears throat> Pardon me. The one we'll remember most, the Corey Sheets in the Grey Cup in 2013, okay. where he picks up, like, a first down on, like, a second and 17. Right. The one I remember most is the Ottawa – Second and twenty-five. Oh, the, 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 the second twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, that's that sticks out to me. Yeah, well, um, that most because it came after what could have been I an interception. The game that would have, yeah, Ticats would have. Won. But anyway, we're now we're talking ancient history. But in this one, they just they just constantly give up too many first downs and second and long situations, and that's you do that enough, it's going to cost you. Yeah, and the last thing is he mentioned Durant, and you know. Nothing from him again. Um, he just he seems to be invisible in this offense. Uh, Albert B. Condell takes his lumps for a reason, but I think Washington slips under the microscope too often. He plays almost a prevent defense too often, like last drive when all Montreal needed was a field goal. Yeah, that's going to be the main, you know, one of the main talking points of this one is uh, Washington and his, his layback defense. Yeah, do you, uh, do you, you think sometimes that, even as good as this team, like the first year that Mark Washington was there, 
Condell, like they were the best team in the CFL. And you skate on that for a little bit. You skate on things like that. Like look at Paul Lapolice and how much leeway he's given in Ottawa, given the fact that he was the offensive coordinator in Winnipeg in 2019 that won the Grey Cup, even though they were an 11 and seven team. And then the offense has kept humming and in some ways gotten better with him leaving. So maybe his impact wasn't as impactful as we're laying it out to be. I sometimes wonder if coordinators, if there's a shelf life for some of these guys, if they get, they get figured out. And we talked about the offense a lot to start the year. The offense has seemingly picked it up ish over the last little while, but it's the defense now that, but it's, it's not even the defense as a whole because throughout most of this game, they played pretty well, but then it's, yeah. it's the crunch it's time stuff. And, yeah. and that to me comes down conflict. more to the, the calls that the coach is making for what the defense is doing. Cause we've seen this defense, they get interception on the first drive. They, they're knocking down passes. Like they're getting in Harris's face, but then when it comes to crunch time, they just, they play a completely different style. It, it seems to me to, to, to the layman, it seems that they're playing a completely different style of defense and they played the rest of the game. And I just, I never understand. I understand situationally when you play certain way, you're up, you're up 17 with two minutes left. You're not calling a blitz. You know what I mean? But now, did they do that with, lead with 30 oh, seconds left, you got to be yeah. more aggressive. Yeah. Now did, did they blitz on that bot? You know, that long pass, that touchdown pass with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, I, feel, I feel like maybe a might've been blitzing on that play. No, he was out in the field. He, he crept in okay. to cover the guy short and they got beat. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. That makes sense then. Uh, next one's from Jim Martin. This one was there for us. Too many injuries and too many backups playing lead to too many busts in the secondary. Those snaps over Schultz's head also didn't help, nor did the fact that the definition of DPI apparently changed between when Adelke was called for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was some... Look, we've, do, we've discussed the refing. I don't want to get into the refing. I'm yeah. not going to blame injuries. Alden Darby was one of the guys that filled in. That's yeah. an all-star caliber player, and I don't think he played poorly. I don't think he played great, but I don't think he played poorly. And Desmond Lawrence has, has had... T- he's not a rookie, He's played on this team before. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they probably missed having Seontay Evans and Jamal Roa out there, but I'm not going to put this on the injuries because every team is dealing with injuries. They're not the only ones that are that are hampered. So, to me, that's – I mean, we saw we saw one of Montreal's emerging receivers and Phil Pot go out in this one. So, I, I'm just I, – I don't know. The injury thing doesn't really – hold a lot of weight with me just because every team we're 10 games into the season, every team's dealing with nicks and bruises. You, you just got to power through it. If they would have won, people would say, Oh, look what they did. And they were winning with, with eight seconds left. So they, it, if they would have got blown out, I think you can say, Oh, maybe we look at the, the losses on certain, they didn't get blown out. They were in this game. The injuries to me is not an excuse for the loss. <clears throat> No, I agree with that. You know, the guys that were filling in the secondary could be starters anywhere else in this league. Uh, he, you mentioned Darby, you know, an all-star player. Lawrence played really well last season when he got in there. So, yeah, I, I don't blame the injuries either. Uh, from Josh, at Boehner64, I want to yell. Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. Um, uh, from Truckle, 905, terrible D calling at the end of the game. I understand don't allow the receivers to pass you, but you don't play 15 yards off when 35 is the field goal range. You play five yards off and backpedal, and if they cut short, let them cut. 
and break, if not just keep backpedaling basics, in my opinion. But And here's the thing. The Owls weren't going to run 40-yard post routes. They were they were they they needed they were down by two. They were just like the Ticats did in the previous drive. They were going to set up a field goal. You don't if if you get like, like I said, I think I said it earlier. If you get beat deep because you're too aggressive, I'd rather that happen. You know what I mean? Because at least that shows me that you're still in the game. Getting getting carved up by Trevor Harris of all people late in the game. Like that he makes it his bread and butter is those intermediate throws. And you just let him just do whatever he wanted the, those last three or four plays or however many. Well, I think it took, what, two plays, three plays maybe to get into field goal range. Mm-hmm. Continue playing the way you're playing, and I, I think you're better off for it. I mean, they were playing so far off. The, the, I think they passed to Eugene Lewis that like it was probably like a 10-yard pass, but then he, he had enough you know missed tackles or – there wasn't somebody that he, he got at least, you know, five more yards out of it once he caught the ball. So, yeah, yeah, it's disappointing uh, from Habcat winnable game loss by coaching staff with questionable offensive calls and prevent the win defense. Uh, this is a poorly coached team. Nobody's perfect, but they need to be much better. Condell is still lost in the woods. I don't uh, necessarily know if I agree with the Condell comments in this one. I don't no, think. Uh, like, I, yeah, I agree with you. On that. There were some. Like I said, I, I already said that the late, the last drive decisions to, I mean, you're, you're deciding do we get yards or do we eat up clock? And they went with clock and it almost worked. So I guess you can't be too negative about it. I wish they would have been a little more aggressive, maybe take a little, may, you know, find something to take you. Because if they, if they, <clears throat> pardon me, if they could have taken, if they could have gotten another first down, they, they end the game on the field goal and we're not having this conversation. Mm-hmm but they got a little too conservative. The defensive play calling, I'll absolutely agree with. The, the late game defensive play calling, and it's something that we've we've talked about but kind of let fly under the radar all season, has not been good. Has not been good. And that's everyone wants to put the, the place to blame on, oh, the offense didn't do this, or the quarterback threw an interception. or But the defense has, has given up. I know, I know they won the game, but go back to the Ottawa game that was in, in Hamilton. They gave up a lead late. Now, it came off of a of a offensive mistake, but the defense didn't hold him to a field goal. The defense allowed it. You know what I mean? Like it's to me, it's not we we focus a lot on the offense because everyone wants to talk about offense, but there's a lot of, there's, there, there's been a lot of defensive lapses with this team this year that I think we need to start focusing on a little more going forward. For Matt, Tina Banshee, uh, why do you go on third and seven from the six in the first quarter? You take the damn points. All right, we've we've, we've, we've fought about this one enough already tonight. I don't think we need to do it again. Uh, From Trooper421, defense lapsed and played soft for the most important 15 seconds of the game. Let the Isles into field goal range. Brutal. Uh, Yep. Uh, From JLab61, it's just a gift that says what the actual fuck. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, from Black and Gold at Oski 1971. How many plays did the Ticats offense run in the fourth quarter, and how many times did they have the ball? That's a good question. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, I haven't got the stats yet from the league, so I don't. I don't have those handy. Uh, they they must have. I mean, they why, did they did they score other than the field goal? In the they didn't. They only had the field goal in the fourth quarter. 
So they once again got outscored in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah. They broke the trend last week, but now good old ways of yep. getting outscored. Uh, what else do we got here from uh, Copper Sox? Has Tim White redeemed himself? He has chemistry with Schultz, whose short, medium passes were good, but medium, long passes were off. No one on this team has redeemed themselves because they're three and seven. Like, is he has he played better the last two weeks than he has the rest of the previous part of the season? Sure, but if he can have and 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 I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you this, he can have all the yards and the touchdowns in the world. If the team loses, he doesn't give a crap. And <clears throat> I know we're more nuanced than that. It's not just wins and loss. That's ultimately what matters. But we've said that Tim White had a good game. We said that Tim White had a good game last week. Is this him turning it around? Maybe. Or is it just another example of a guy who, who's going to have a Because Stephen Dunbar has been kind of quiet the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It, to, to, to really put any stock into anything these, these players are doing right now, it feels like you're kind of just looking for something to be happy about because the results just aren't there. From da- Damon Evans at Coach E. Uh, wonder why there wasn't a package for Newman. Seems like that's where you get your QB run. They would have known, but they know when Matt comes in for Dane too, especially with Matt being banged up and not running. Yeah, that's, it is interesting. Good. That's, that's a good question because, I mean, they do it normally, and, you know, Newman is, is a good running quarterback, so I don't understand why they didn't have a package for him in this one. No, and they didn't really do – they didn't take Schultz out at all except for the QB sneak for the touchdown. Like, otherwise, it was him the entire game. So, why he – yeah, I'm that, and we saw Newman a week ago when he came in for those runs. He like I think New, if you're looking for a player the last few weeks that has really kind of shown a little something, it's very little, granted. But that quarter that Newman was in last week, to me, kept that game from getting out of hand. If he That, that could have got – you bring a rookie quarterback in – and he's got to play a quarter. That could have gone south super quickly. And it didn't. And yeah, to not have to not have Newman come in for something, even just to change it up a little bit. And I mean, I guess the offense wasn't there wasn't that lull in the offense this week that we've seen in previous weeks. So maybe that's why. But even before when when we've seen the offense click and they've they've brought in Schultz for a little bit. So yeah, that's actually a really good question. I'm actually kind of surprised. They didn't find something for for Newman to do in this game because it would have even just a, a play or two to kind of throw the Alouettes off. Maybe eh, maybe it has a positive effect. You never know, though. Uh, another one from Joe Stewart he says he agrees with you on those old plays after horse collar. They settled on a long field goal attempt. Blew my mind. Get another first and kill clock. Yeah, like yeah, it just it was it was very uninspired is the word I think I would use. For, for that because man one more first down and, and that that kick it's a little bit closer now it didn't need to be closer because he made the one for 51 so thumbs up for that like can't t- guy nails a 51 yard field goal with 30 seconds left like you kind of got to give him his props but yep. they could have gotten one more first down in that situation he's kicking a 48 yard field goal to win the game with no time left on the clock it's it's those little things this is why it's like i said to you earlier like i'm not as down on the team because it's not they're not they're just they're doing the little like just the little things they just aren't going their way and it's uh it's a tad frustrating it's a tad frustrating 
uh, at Jared Breyer. She says, poor D. And uh, GIF, it's the same old song. Yeah, once again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> all, all the comments, like, we all watch the same game. We all know what happened. Like, everyone's going to have the same the same takeaway. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's the, like you said, it's like the GIF said, same old song. It's just what it is. Same thing every, every single week. And, yeah, it makes it makes a it makes for an exciting but frustrating watch when you're sitting at home watching the game. All right, we got we got, got a couple more here uh, from Steve Yanover. Is there any coach in this league who understands how to use the clock, running it down during a final drive? I mean, we've we've seen it quite a bit this year, where where they don't take all the seconds off that they can. Like, and this is not just a Hamilton thing. This is a this is a like a league wide thing. I don't know. It's yeah. Frustrating, but again, you, you you have to play the game of do you go, do you go with taking time off the clock, or do you be aggressive to really take time off the clock? Uh, they went with their decision and that bit him in the ass. From Abe Ezekiel, uh, we were lucky to get that last second lead in the first place. Still a good game. You know, it wasn't. I, I it wasn't a bad game. I was entertained. I know that you know you didn't think it was that great, but. Um, no, I've been entertained with a lot of the CFL football this year. It's been, it, to say the least, it's been a lot better than it was in the previous season. A year ago, for sure. Yeah, it was just atrocious. Absolutely. And, atrocious and again, last year. I don't think the game was bad. I just think this is going to get talked about as like an all-time classic. And because I, don't, of the think ending. It, I yeah. don't think it was that. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. you get to the ending and it's like, oh, field goal, 30 seconds left. Oh, they drive and get – that's going to overshadow what was a sloppy penalty. Fi- like if this game – doesn't have that ending, and let's say the even the Ticats win, or the Owls win on the, that, the Owls get that touchdown, that's the last scoring play of the game, they win by one. And the last two minutes are just, you know, third down failure, or punt, or whatever, what, what have you. You're not talking about, like, it's the ending that made the game, because the amount of penalties and the stoppages in play that happened in this game, it, if, any, if this score had been anything, if this game had ended in any other way, We'd, we'd be talking more about that than we would be about the ending of the game. Uh, from Dan underscore Keiko eight, uh, we lost our identity. Lack of leadership is causing us not to be able to close out these games. Coaching, captains, someone needs to step up in our locker room. But they, who, like, aside from Mazzoli, and I guess in a, in a way Banks, but I don't know how much of a leader Brandon Banks was like he was an emotional guy they still have Simone they still have like Dylan Wynn they brought in a guy like Micah Johnson you know what I mean like they still have a lot of the Ben Zyle and Kelly along yeah, the offensive like, line there's, there's still a, a ton of veteran know-how on this team I'm not necessarily sure I'm, I'm buying the lack of leadership thing I think it's I think it's partially a we overvalued the talent on this team. And I think the team might have overvalued the talent on this team because, you know, they go on a bit of a run at the end of last season to make the Grey Cup. And all of a sudden, you're kind of feeling good about yourself, even though if you lost, you're like, well, at one point, weren't they like one and four, two and five or something at one point last year? And they finished eight and six. Like they went on a decent run to end the season. And then they win a couple of playoff games and they're in that Grey Cup game against a really good Winnipeg team. You know what I mean? Like, did they maybe look at their team and overvalue it a touch? Going uh-huh. into the offseason, maybe. Because I think when you look at some of the guys they lost, 
There are two that stand out to me that I think if we could have a do-over, I'd want them to bring back. Lorenzo Malden in Ottawa has been yeah. phenomenal. He's been excellent on their defense. Could you imagine if he was the guy? No, And this is no offense to Malik Carney or Mason Bennett, but if Malden was the guy that took over for Jagarit Davis, how good this defensive line would be? And Jalen Acklin. I think I, I think I underestimated how good Jalen Acklin actually was because I didn't when, – when he, they, he left, I was like, well, you know, he's probably going to do good things in Ottawa because Mazzoli's there. Even without Mazzoli, he's been, he's been phenomenal for Ottawa, even though that, that team's even worse off than the Ticats are. I think those are the two kind of losses from a, an on-field perspective. I think the team misses the most because I think those could have been game-changing, season-changing type moves. The other ones they made, guys they lost, guys they brought in, I kind of mostly agree with them. Like, they had to make a decision at quarterback. And I don't want to adjudicate the whole quarterback decision again, but I think I would have made the same decision. Even with what we know already, I think I make the same decision today that they would have made back then. And other than that, they didn't really maybe focus a little more. Like I'm sure you would have liked to focus a little more on the offensive line in free agency, although they, that seems to have not been a problem. The offensive line has been great. The whole line has been great. Like, yeah, you know, because like, usually, huh? usually it's one of the first things you want to talk about after a game, especially after a loss. But for the most part, the offensive line's been good. And I think if Van Zyl ever gets back and they can move Kelly, I think it just gets better. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that there's a lot to complain about there. So even that, I remember in the offseason, it was they spent too much time worrying about the defense, not enough about the offense. I, partially, I think that's true. But I think looking back on, on what they did, I think those are the only two moves that I would have liked them to have. They're, like, like, like I said, if you had a do-over, I think those are the two I would have liked to do over on. So the Ticats lose an important game against the Montreal Alouettes and dropped a three and seven on the season. We'd like to thank everyone who uh, tuned in to listen to us ramble about another Ticat loss and for all the comments as well. Uh, I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. I'm Josh Smith. Eat them raw.